Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production, available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Week seven is in the books, almost. We're going to do, uh, got a couple of things to talk about from week seven, and then we're going to jump into the week eight lines. So let's rock. Uh, before we get started, I'm I'm a little disappointed. It has nothing to do with this Miles Sanders prop that we're not going to talk about. Yeah, but uh, I just I, I just flew home from California and I did not get a chance to eat in and out. I was there for like 48 hours, and now I'm hungry because it's and you're two not in the, the kind of guy. You're not the kind of guy to be like, oh, I'm at the airport. Well, you don't spend a lot of time at the airport to begin with. You are an in and out airport guy, um, but. You are not. You're not the kind of guy to like go to Habit Burger or. I would go. I the Habit is good. The Habit's not it, right. I, but it's it's still a ways from In and Out, quality yes. wise. But you under no circumstances Close. would do Jack in the Box. No, those are different. They're different leagues. Yeah. I, I, honestly, if there was a habit close to where I was, I I would have gone. Yeah. They put pineapple on burgers, which I actually they think put is a, they put the avocado. Yeah, yeah. it's nice. Um, but. Now I'm really hungry, and now it's biting me in the butt. Like, I just didn't go because I didn't have the opportunity to. Like, all the meals were kind of figured out already. Yep. And now I could really go for it. That being said, I am a bit jealous that you got to at least go to Salt and Straw, which was, a, true. Which was a place that you recommended to me when I was at my That's friend Francis's wedding last year in L.A., and it was amazing. That's actually, we're going to do a new segment. I'm glad you brought this up. We're going to do a new segment at the end of our Sunday shows which is uh, a little confession yeah. session. And the idea behind this is that we all do things on the weekends that we're not super proud of because, you know, it's the weekend. It's the weekend. So we're going to have a little confession at the end of the podcast. It's going to, we're hopefully, hopefully it'll rival the Cincy Y. That's the hope. Yeah, but the Cincy Y, as it's, the Dallas Cowboys were tonight, are a formidable opponent. They are. Um, let's jump into it then. The I think the big question coming out of that game and probably coming out of this week is are the Cowboys good or are the Eagles bad or neither? What I mean, think? it you know, and it's not just because we had the Eagles in this one. I, I very much am of the, above the belief that tonight's game was a lot more about Philly and uh, you turn the ball over two consecutive opening drives your defense doesn't help you at all, right? But if your offense is, is sort of going toe to toe with them, I think um, th- you know they they have the horses. I think to go toe to toe with Dallas, um, they had a ton of like penalties, stupid deep balls on them, all that kind of stuff. Um, but I think this game you was a lot have deep balls on you. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, this game was a lot more about um, Philadelphia, Dallas. I mean, you know, Dak was good. He, he only had like 235 yards, right? He threw an interception. Zeke was pretty efficient, and he faced a stack box almost the entire time. But if I'm looking at Philadelphia, I I think we have to reevaluate some of the things we've thought about them. Um, a, uh, their defense, the fact that they play so many men in the box while still their linebackers are not particularly strong. The guy that was playing up there, uh, former safety for Nebraska, um, you know, Malcolm Jenkins plays in the box a lot. Their corners just simply aren't good enough to play that type of defense. Right. And then I think offensively, they, they just run the football too much. 
and especially on early downs. And they put them, they make everything so difficult offensively. And oftentimes Carson Wentz is good enough. And many times, like tonight, he simply wasn't. So I think you're kind of saying neither, but I think it's a hard neither. I, I, the Cowboys got a little lucky here. All the players that were questionable on the fence with injury played. They were all super important players, Tyron Smith, Lyle Collins, Mari mm-hmm. Cooper, and Byron Jones. They all played. For the Eagles, the important players didn't play, right? Deshaun Jackson did not play. Jason Peters did not play. They helped Andre Dillard a decent amount in that game. Um, they had no one that got open. Carson Wentz throwing down the field was an absolute disaster. I mean, there was just nothing there. At, at halftime, it was da- Dallas Goddard, 48 yards. Everyone else, three. Um I mean, it was just really, really poor from Carson Wentz, who had played very well this entire season. He was under pressure on a decent number of dropbacks. I think it was 50% in the first half and didn't look comfortable at all. But I'm not about to write it up. You know, I'm not about to say, hey, well, the Eagles are just really bad because I think we've seen enough of them where they're not. I do think there's an element of, do the Eagles get the most out of their team because they make a lot of bad decisions? Yeah. And you made, you brought up an excellent point earlier this evening, which scared me a little bit, and I kind of want to reject it, but you compared the Eagles to the Falcons. I think we're on, and we... And you kind of push back, and I and I would... It hurts. I can, I can understand As that. a Doug Peterson apologist, yeah. it hurts. I mean, it's like every time, you know somebody in my family wants to compare like one of our daughters to somebody in the family they don't like you push back immediately right yeah uh, you don't want that shit. you don't want that to happen um but uh you know it's the the falcons essentially like they should have won the super bowl in 2016 right and they were a cover machine that year they covered every single spread no matter how big until that game eagles in 2017 now they got the money they got a super bowl but they covered spread after spread after spread in that season. Um, now, 2017 Falcons, we did okay betting them. You know, it was our first year writing the column. But everything was hard. Everything was difficult, right? Uh, the Steve Sarkeesian offense, just like I remember week 17, we had Atlanta as our lock of the week. It was like minus three, four, five, I can't remember, against an, a Carolina team with barely anything to play for. And the Falcons, like five, it was like 19-7 it ended up being. But the whole thing was a huge sweat. Last season, I think last season's Eagles were even worse than that season's Falcons. I think the only time we backed Philly and they got us the got us the money was against Houston. And then, you know, last year's Falcons just yeah, went, not a good, went, not a went good the wrong direction. There were a couple blips. They had a nice game against Washington. This year's Eagles, I mean, they haven't even had an ascension, really. They, yeah, they, it's not great so far for them. Yeah. I am holding out hope for a couple of reasons. The Thursday night football against uh, Green Bay, they were good. Yeah. True. Um, I, I believe in in Doug Peterson, and I think a lot of I believe that the reason that I think they have reasons for doing things, and the running, the one thing I can't quite square is the running on second and long. They just do it incessantly, and I I don't understand it. To be perfectly honest, they're not particularly successful at doing it. Um, if Carson Wentz is so good on third down. Why wouldn't he just be better on second down where the league is better too? Um, I don't think going for it on fourth down a bunch explains enough of that away because 
you still want to pick up the first down beforehand. Yeah. Like, all these things, that's the, the part that's hard for me. That being said, they were playing a rookie left tackle who was not great, and their wide receivers, speaking of in and out burger, if you took Alshon Jeffrey yeah. to an in-and-out burger, it'd be a, it'd be a tough I scene. can't remember who, I, who said this to me, and it, I, it's never not, I've never not thought it when I've seen him on the field, that he's literally a hamburger away from being a left tackle, which... I'm not one to talk, but like it's so funny to. to see. I mean, it's it's not great. And then on the other side of the ball, the coverage is just just terrible, right? Jalen got Mills, Jalen Mills back today, and he wasn't a help. He was bad, right? He's targeted eight times, gave up six receptions. He had that one. If Rasul Douglas came up to you in press coverage, you could get open against him. Mari Cooper just destroyed him, right? Right, because he plays it's off so bad, and and like I think that that's smart if you're like a team's third corner and you're like playing like randomly in mm-hmm. spots. But if you have to be relied on every snap, I mean, he just can't do it. I unfortunately, and they weren't um, the, the defensive line didn't dominate at all. Dak Prescott hardly under pressure in the first half. I mean, this game was over basically in the first half. I I. Yeah, I mean, I think they got enough. They drew holding penalties. They got some sacks. Um, it really started in the second half, though. The, the issue, yeah, and and again, you know, people, you know, on the internet, we, somebody was like, "Well, you know, they're they're playing slowly to sort of help their defense." I'm like, "You're down by 20 points." The third quarter was three nothing. Like, and I understand Dallas had the ball first, right? But th- it really should have been. A, you know, Philadelphia really should have picked up the tempo. They were still trying. The thing that the thing that I just don't get with them is, and it's, this is a Falcon Falconian thing. You make it so hard on your offense. You make your offense have to perform perfect perfectly on third down way too much. Yeah. And to me, like Dallas, to their credit, in the games that they've been good, have had some. I would say surprising conversions on third and long, but like I still am, I'm still like surprised even when they get to third and long against some of these defenses. Whereas Philly, it's like they spot the other team three, they get they take three yards from the other team and they get in third and seven, seemingly every single you know uh, sequence of plays, and they're generally and I think Peterson does a great job of scheming those plays open and and Wentz. Uh, you know, executing them, but they shouldn't have to, right? And those plays are a low percentage in the NFL uh, for a reason. Let's talk uh, real briefly. Uh, by the way, the Eagles missed 16 tackles in this game. So if you can't cover and you you're getting tackle. knocked off the ball and then you can't tackle, it's a real bad situation. On the Cowboys' side, maybe let's talk about it this way. So where in the NFC are you putting the Cowboys right now? With that win, they have about a 60% chance to win that division, yeah. the Eagles obviously don't look great, and no one else in that division yeah. exists. So, if you're ranking the NFC teams, where are the Cowboys showing up? Well, that's a that's a great question. So, I would go, and today upended that a little bit, but I go Saints with a bullet. Yep. You know, um, very impressive today defensively, although they lost Eli Apple in that last sequence. Um, and it's then, tough. And then at, at that point. At that point, it's hard because I do think Green Bay has earned – Green Bay and San Francisco have earned conversation uh, positions in those two spots. Yep. Um, for me, I'll probably go with Green Bay because I think their defense is not that much worse than San Francisco's to compensate for the fact that I think Aaron Rodgers is profoundly better than Jimmy G at this point. Wow. And profoundly, then, huh? And then I think Seattle – 
I think Seattle's in that conversation as well, but a, a notch below those two. And then I put Dallas beneath Seattle. So you're putting, and then Minnesota, actually Minnesota deserves an opportunity there too. So I was just about to say, so you're putting Dallas with the Minnesota. I'm yes, and I don't think that the, those four or five teams like there's not a t- like they can shuffle a bit, but um, but they're firmly beneath the Saints in my opinion. And I, as much as we haven't seen Green Bay or San Francisco beat a really good team convincingly in recent weeks, they still. You know, they. I think that they still deserve our respect here. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I try and think of it from a matchup perspective. So obviously the Saints are ahead of them, um, but it's hard for me. Dallas, you know, so Dallas plays Green Bay. We've already seen that happen, right? Um, if Dallas plays San Francisco, it, it that one I think is actually like you could have some conversation on both sides, but I'm going to give the edge to San Francisco, given the fact that they just have not slipped up yet. Right. Um, the Seahawks, we saw this game last year, Russell Wilson, definitely the better quarterback. Just give him more opportunities. They win that game. Um, that game was fluky too. You had a pick six for Marcus Peters and you had a fourth down in opponent's territory. John Harbaugh off. Awesome. So to me, they're in that group with, um, they're in that group with the Vikings. I honestly think maybe the the Panthers sneak into that group. And here's the thing. This game was demonstrative, right? They they kicked the crap out of the Eagles. But I think the Eagles are probably still pretty close. And yeah, they have to get things figured out. I that they, is they won at home. They have they do need to win at home. Yeah. That's what you have to do. The the thing did. that the thing that separates the Eagles for me relative to the Falcons is I think that the, their chances of figuring it Falcons? out. Oh, you mean in your comparison? The, yeah, <laughs> the the thing that the thing that keeps me from saying the Eagles are very analogous to the Falcons over the last few years is that I think the Eagles have a chance to right the ship. You know, they they have a chance to make adjustments, whereas I think Dan Quinn and company were fundamentally incapable of doing so and just couldn't make it happen. All right, that was our little uh, was a little Sunday night recap. Uh, let's move on to this. Does anyone want to win uh, the MVP award here? So, uh, I mean, there have been there have been sort of these seasons within the season, and I think this is worth talking about. The first three weeks of season, so the Cowboys and the Ravens—they're reinventing the Packers, yeah. And then and then there's this. Okay, well now it's like the Niners and the Patriots defense are insurmountable. Oh, and now you know Deshaun and and Pat Mahomes. It's this new rebirth of quarterbacks. Indy beats them both. Yeah, and Russell Wilson is now the MVP. Did you see that game on Thursday night? Like all these things just cycle through, and it's a good example of why we shouldn't overreact to one week or even a set of three weeks. But we are getting deeper on in the season. We're almost at the halfway point, and I don't think there's a real consensus now on who the MVP is after what Russell Wilson did and at home against a Ravens defense that has not been good. Um, so I don't know if we're looking forward, what's this next part of the season going to be about? Who's going to emerge as, as the dominant player? Well, I think we just talked about it. I think it's, who's going to, who's going to get the second seed in the NFC. I mean, uh, you know, green Bay kind of luck boxes into getting Kansas city without Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Um, Seattle kind of fell and we're going to have to ask the question, are they actually good over the next few weeks? Minnesota finally, won a division game, finally won a division road game. Um, as you talked about, Dallas, San Francisco, uh, Rams won today in convincing fashion. They got right against the Falcons. Um, Everyone does. 
Right. So do we get do we generate some clarity in the NFC? I honestly think we learn nothing. I mean, and that's a and well, and it's starting with next week. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. But like, there are no division games next week. There are a ton of crap teams playing good teams. We might not figure out anything, uh, you know, f- you know, in quite some time. Like, for example, like here's a question: the Arizona Cardinals are three, three, and one. Like, they're a 500 team in the NFC. We're discussing Philadelphia, who's technically got a worse record than than Arizona. Should you know could. Is is this something that matters? And no. you know, we were talking about <laughs> yeah, and we were talking about this pro, you know before before uh, the podcast. We 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 discounted the Ravens' second win of the season because they didn't even cover at home against Arizona. Well, now Arizona is a three win team, and it's like again, it comes back to your point of you know a lot of this stuff is just noise, and and ultimately as you push through here, you have to you know the good the good folks are going to be able to identify. Uh, and tease away that noise. Well, that's why I'm curious if Russell Wilson is still the MVP oh, for yeah. you. Yeah, I mean, look, like the fact that you know they were the the Seattle Seahawks were in control of that game, um, despite the fact that there was you know rain and you know wind and they they weren't getting it. They were you know Car- Chris Carson averaged like three yards a carry. They like were doing nothing. They had drops uh, that that weren't good and. They were in control of the game until Wilson threw what his first interception of the season. He turned the ball over for the first time, and yeah, and that sucked. But it was like, again, it just showed, it just demonstrated how much he was carrying an otherwise kind of crap team to where they were, and you know how thin that line is. Like, I still think he's the MVP of the league. <clears throat> well, I think he is because there's no one else that wants to take it, and we're not going to give it to. Um, anyone but a quarterback, obviously, because they well, no think, one else deserves it. I think but, Mahomes might Mahomes might do more for his MVP case over the next two weeks than anybody who's actually playing in the games. Right, you can't give it to Andy Reid either, who's probably yeah. going to show himself to be the MVP of the league over the next two I, weeks, as I, you were saying. I mean, if you look at if you look like this sounds bad, but like you look at the Indy Houston game, Jacoby Brissett outplayed Deshaun Watson, who's another candidate for the for the uh, the MVP. Um, obviously, you know, you're not going to give it to New Orleans quarterback. I mean, (laughs) what does, for example, what does like Kirk Cousins have to do to even get in the conversation? Because he's played better than any quarterback in the league in the last three weeks. I was, I mean, I was going to say, I think, um, I think the person that actually vaulted himself into the MVP conversation this week is Aaron Rodgers. Yes, that's a good one. Because of the raw stats and because of how much love he gets. So I would bet that what you will hear tomorrow when you turn on Sports Center, is Aaron Rodgers MVP? Question mark. Russell Wilson. It's tough when you lose at home, um, and you do so with an interception that looks that ugly. It's it's hard, and you're not winning your own division. You're now a couple of games back there. So, I would still give it to Russell Wilson. I'm not going to overreact to this one week. I do think this is just a season of bad quarterback play, and it makes it kind of annoying to to diagnose but this was russell wilson's worst game throwing the ball down a long time which is you know what his what he's done so well the first seven weeks rogers rogers had averaged 14.8 yards per pass attempt from a clean pocket uh five he had perfect passer rating five touchdowns zero picks was pressured only seven times and he was eight of eight of ten throwing the ball over 10 yards downfield i mean just an absolute show from him We'll have to see him do it against you know some of those more stout teams, um, but yeah, the 
Uh, Aaron, Aaron coming back for a little more after being told uh, that he's on the decline. 21 for 24 from a clean pocket. I mean, Three, 354 the, yards dude, from a clean pocket. I mean, it's, it's incredible. Brissett today was 18 of 19 for 190 yards, and I that popped out at me. And then I and I'm like looking at Roger's stats just to make sure we don't have a replay of Kansas City of 2015. And of course, no, he had a per, you know great he, grade. He I think was the highest graded quarterback. Yeah. Um, perfect passer rating as well. Five touchdowns, no interceptions. So that's the guy that I think jumps into this conversation. So now I think it is. Russell Wilson, Pat Mahomes is going to be in there because I can't imagine Matt Moore does a tremendous job, although Andy Reid is just that good. I mean, we on Thursday it was a little bit – I was being serious with that I would actually consider benching Mahomes for that – not benching, but holding him out for that game because yeah. I didn't want him to get injured, and you do have a legit shot to beat Joe Flacco with anybody at, uh, under center. Um, but Andy Reid is just that good. So Mahomes, Wilson, Rodgers jumps into the conversation. Is Deshaun Watson still in there? Is Kirk Cousins in there? Like, there are some guys that are on the fringe there. I just can't imagine at the end of the season we're handing Kirk Cousins the MVP award. Well, but at his very best, Kirk Cousins is a Matt Ryan-like quarterback. And we've seen Matt Ryan win an MVP award in an offense that was very cushy for quarterbacks. And that 2016 season for Ryan didn't start the prettiest thing in the world. And so far this season, we've had Kirk Cousins with three amazing games, uh, two really bad games, and two kind of like, oh, they kind of hid, hid me games. I mean, they have now, you know, nine games left. If he continues to do what he's doing and they, you know, they go 12 and four. And when the NFC North gets the two seed, I mean, yeah, it's good uh, you know, we'll have we'll all be eating crow, but he, you know, it would have been you know, it's probably something that he's capable of. All right, we're going to transition from MVP to LVP. Mitch, who? Uh, <laughs> so I'm just going to ask you this: Who do you think the quarterback of the Chicago Bears is going to be next season? Because I have some thoughts. Yeah, I mean, well, that's the interesting thing because there's some there's some quarterbacks right now who are likely not going to be back with their teams, right? They're going to be like this year's version of Ryan Tannehill. So it's like Mariota, right? Mariota's a, you know. Well, somebody, yeah, he's currently yeah, in yeah. bench for Ryan Tannehill. Uh, Jameis Winston's another. Um, uh, Josh Rosen's another. Uh, but the one that I'm sort of thinking, the one that I'm thinking about is the guy that beat them today. It was just Teddy Bridgewater. If if Drew Brees plays another season, there's a there's a good question about whether or not Teddy Bridgewater is going to want to continue to have that heir apparent promise that he has with Sean Payton, and you know the Bears could do a lot worse than Bridgewater. They do a lot they, worse than well, Bridgewater. they currently have someone that's worse. That's why we were vehement, uh, vehemently liked the the Saints of this this yeah. week and so did the math and it made a ton of sense right better far better quarterback with a better team and in hindsight it was a points. way better edge for us and i think that's because it closed higher but we should have probably that should have been our lock but hindsight's 2020 anyways uh we didn't know that trubisky was actually this this <laughs> god awful like he was really terrible in this game and the funny the weird thing about this game well, I, i'm going to tell you who they should replace trubisky with in a second but um what was really strange about this game was that I've always felt Matt Nagy protected Trubisky with his play calling, right? He always had, you know, he, he never put 
but you never said, hey, Mitch, put it, you know, put us on your back here, Mitch. Take us to the promised yeah. land. And in this game, it felt like he was sort of throwing him into the fire. It was like, oh, we need a conversion. Instead of this gadget play that I know is going to work, you, you make this tough throw down the field. And it just was not happening. I, I can't remember. I'm sure there were, were at least one or two, but I can't remember a Mitch Trubisky throw 10-plus yards downfield that was close to being caught. Um, I just remember laughing a number of times when he was pre- attempting to do something today and did not pick up a you know a blitz to save his life. He was 8 for 17 when blitzed. He was blitzed 19 times. That's a lot. Um, and it, it just it's something that is continuous. He has been a guy that people just blitz Dude. nonstop, and it, it doesn't really matter. Five and, a half, five and a half yards per pass attempt when clean, 3.4 and two touchdowns uh, when pressured. He was pressured on 22 of 54 dropbacks. The, here's the question I have, which is, you know, maybe going to, you know, kind of be triggering here. They didn't run the football at all in the first half. You yeah. know, they had three Cohen, I believe, with three carries. Montgomery had one. Well, that's exactly They what, hung Mitch out to dry. That's, I mean, I, were you listening to what I just <laughs> yeah, said? It's just like, what the, what the, like, are, is Nagy... Is Nagy trying to end this thing quickly? Wow, that's what I'm. That's what the, the thought that came to my mind is. Right. Well, is he trying to prove a point? Because they're, you know, he told he told them to shut the f up on the sideline like two weeks ago, right? And like, I can't see another reason because if you gave, if you thought, okay, this is a guy I need to like nurture. Okay, well, I just drafted running back in the third round or whatever. Uh, I got Tariq Cohen. I got all this. Stuff. I got a decent offensive line. I'm gonna run the football. Yep. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw screens and stuff. And they kind of did, but it was mostly like some BS. But like, no, he's like, look, Mitch, you're either gonna be our quarterback or we're gonna suck. That's also the place where you can take advantage of the Saints' defense, right? And yes. you have to be able to throw the ball to win football games in the NFL in 2019. Yes, even as bad as 2019 has been for quarterback play. So next season, the Chicago Bears at quarterback. Now Teddy is a nice. Uh, a nice one because he's cheap but in chicago you cannot replace a number two overall pick with teddy bridgewater Look how much and you've grown i totally thought you were going to say he's cheeks and instead you said he's cheap so you have come that around says a little more bit. about you than me <laughs> you have come around on bridgewater i would never speak about cheeks in a derogatory term okay but I you feel come, too kindly about you, them. you and i are diametrically opposed on bridgewater yep and you have you've come my way a little bit well, he, pl- he outplayed Mitch by a thousand yeah. times in this game. Anyways, I'm going to get to my, my point here. <laughs> you can't replace a number two overall pick with Teddy Bridgewater. It just won't stand. And Teddy Bridgewater is not actually good enough in his ceiling to make a difference here. So they've already leveraged everything. They, they can't rebuild through the draft. The quarterback for the Chicago Bears week one of 2020 will be Cam Newton. And I'm very excited I'm very excited for all the hype it's going to get. If Cam Newton is right, the things that Matt Nagy, I think, could could diagnose for that offense or come up with for that offense would be fantastic. The receivers, Allen Robinson is a perfect guy for Cam Newton. Allen Robinson is everything that skinny Kelvin Benjamin was hoped to be, right? And he's never was. Speaking um, of cheeseburger away, by the <laughs> exactly. way. Exactly. There's no away. <laughs> 
<laughs> he, he's on the continuum with Jeffrey. He's, Jeffrey's like a you little know, bit. You know, when you go to Chuck E. Cheese, there's like a ball pit for the kids. Dude, he's sitting in one full of hamburgers. Can, That's what he's. Can we in. pause for a second? The ball pit. Can you imagine willfully going in that no. at this point in time of your life? Can no. you imagine how disgusting that is? Absolutely not. But as a kid, I. You, you went all over. The fact that I didn't die of something, the fact that all children have died of something <laughs> is amazing. So uh, that's where I think the, the Bears will go. And I, I'm not trying to take a victory lap here on Trubisky. He was absolutely terrible in this game and has been very bad all season. And actually, Bears fans have been very quick, I think, to be like, it's honestly the it's most bad. It's honestly the most frustrating thing in this entire, like, because they they were vociferous. I went back to one of our videos that we had done. Oh, they were and, ruthless. And then they turncoded. Mitch has started four games this year. Right. I mean, it hasn't taken much. And, like, got a, good good on them for responding to evidence. But the evidence existed prior to last year, Yeah, uh, is all we'll say. I'm, gr- I'm growing up, and I'm being, um, I'm being charitable yeah, yeah, and compassionate yeah, yeah. here. I, I, look, it sucks. You, as a team and a franchise, and fans of that team and franchise, want so badly to be good. And I totally get it. And he unfortunately just isn't that good and we probably could have done a you know better job at times of being kind in the way that we let them down no you don't think so no (laughs) i mean they were all like they were a bunch of richards about it and you know like it's whatever i mean good on i mean good on you guys for turn coding on him um but uh yeah so i think cam newton is perfect because i I wouldn't hate it we're gonna talk about the panthers here who had a bye this week and are playing the San Francisco 49ers next week. But I was listening to... Did you watch any of the pregame show on Fox? Yeah. The one where they squo- squeeze Gronk in there? Yeah. Well, the way the, they squeeze so the straight hand in there? The, when Gronk wasn't on set, they had another tight end. They have to have a tight end on set on Fox at all times. I'm available, by the Right. Way. Tony G, Gronk, and uh, Greg Olson called the game. Mm-hmm. So what was interesting is they had Greg Olson on and they gave him a couple of easy questions and then Strahan was like, all right, Cam Newton's coming back. Who's starting a quarterback for you guys? And amazingly, Greg Olson, I mean, he tiptoed around this thing like he was a ballerina in the nutcracker. It was incredible. He was just all around the answer, never came close to it. But the simple fact is he did not say Cam Newton is our quarterback when he comes back. And if Greg Olson, a guy who is you know, gone to the Super Bowl with Cam, has been through good Cam, probably isn't saying that. Really good friends, yeah. That that would worry me a little bit. Cam, I think they can cut him for like a $20 million savings next year. So he's going to go somewhere high profile. He's not going to go to one of these, he's not going to want to go to one of these like garbage nobody teams, right? Yeah. Like Cam Newton's not going to Tampa Bay. Yeah. He could, I mean, the, right. He's not you're going right. to Miami. Yeah. I was thinking maybe Chargers, but that's if Rivers retires, and God knows we need more of what we saw today out of the Chargers. Right, right. So <laughs> I'm just saying, um, because the Bears do honestly have a lot of talent on that roster, and despite the fact that they won't be able to add a whole lot of first-round pick talent, mm-hmm. Nagy, at, uh, the guy has a scheme that has worked with just about every quarterback this side of of, I mean, uh, this side of a guy who can't hit the broad side of a barn, really. I mean, no, I, it's it's nice. I mean, I, I I like the idea. I also like, you know, the the 
the tough thing about going into this season was that there weren't that many quarterback spots available. I mean, Bridgewater literally now, now there's a ton. had a starting job offer from Miami and nothing else and decided to go back to, because there were none. Yep. Now we're the blessing of this season is that there might be a half a dozen starting quarterback positions open and we might get guys that switch teams. Like what Tannehill played okay today. It's like this is where we transition. Right. Like, you know, <laughs> so like, is he, what is he going to do next year? Like, it's, it's a great discussion. So, um, but yeah, let's move on. Uh, a couple of quick things from this week before uh, we get to next week's games. Should the Chargers just blow it up? Yeah. I, I, I'm with you. And I don't know that that's not an organizational failure. I, I legitimately feel bad for Philip Rivers. I mean, he has had some of the worst tackle play uh, of any. Uh, team in the past 10 years and he's the only quarterback on any of those bottom five teams that's actually started all those games he's just going through the fire they have guys dropping left and right just melvin gordon comes in and just fumbles the game away well like and and here's an example we talk about things like okay let's not rush to call something a great decision or a bad decision right and everybody's like oh look the chargers stood tall on gordon mm -hmm. and that what a great decision and it's like, okay, that would make sense if he didn't come back and get 16 carries for 32 yards, including the game-losing fumble against Tennessee. Right. You know, like, how coherent is that from a, you know, a team-building perspective? It, you know, their defense is sort of falling apart a little bit. They've never gotten Hunter Henry healthy. Um, Eckler's terrific. He probably, that, I thought that was a touchdown early, you know, earlier today, but yep. all, a loss, you know. Philip Rivers refuses to run a quarterback sneak. I mean, what? It's it just it's just unreal to me. So, um, yeah, I mean, the quarterback's about done, uh, and the head coach kind of doesn't get it well, in a lot of ways. And so, so here's the tough thing about the Chargers, and this is why the move to L.A. is so rough. If you blow it up, you are at risk. Of you are the Clippers for like. Dude, it could be yeah. it could be really really bad, and it could be worse than the Clippers because the thing with the Clippers was, it, the NBA's and like the NFL were, you know, opposing fan bases are coming to your games, right? Just no one's coming to your games. Yeah, yeah. It's it, also a far smaller venue, right? <laughs> you know? You're about to be in this brand new stadium, and it's going to be like ninety percent traveling fan bases to see you get run out of the building and At, and roasted. if you're lucky. If you're lucky, because the other the other event is what happened the last time there were two teams in L.A. where no one came. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting because I think that the stadium will be cool. L.A. is a place everyone wants to go. Yeah. It's warm. I think times have changed a little bit in that regard. It's easier to travel and vacation right, right. and do these things. So we'll see about that, but it'll be embarrassing for them. Next question here. So the Colts and the Vikings are teams that, eh, you know, for different reasons have flown under the radar. Both of them with the Vikings with a couple straight, very impressive wins. You mentioned how well Cousins has played. You mentioned how well Brissett has played. Which team is more real, the Vikings or the Colts? The Colts. But I don't Please. know. Please when, explain. When I, and, be, and don't be biased here. When I, say, when I say real, I mean I know exactly. Like, I have a feeling that they know exactly what they're doing for the next five years. Was what I mean when I say real. okay, but I'm talking about this season. Um, I still think the Colts, and it's because the AFC is so much easier of a road. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, the the Patriots are one key injury away from being irrelevant. 
We've already seen how close the Chiefs are to a irrelevancy, right? Right. They just beat Houston. Um, and other than that, the AFC is just a complete conglo- you know, uh, trash fire. I mean, all these teams, the Steelers have a chance to still make – like the, the whole AFC is a joke other than those like four or five teams. And Well, you're, you're dead on, right? So if these yeah. two teams played each other, the Vikings would, would be win. favored. Yeah, yeah, they would be favored. You know, and, and – uh, but – for this reason you just said, it's like I mean, we had this conversation last week where it's like, who in the AFC is going to challenge the Patriots? Like, well, the Texans. Yeah. And I laughed at you because I was like, that's exactly my point. Like, if yeah. your answer is the Texans, get out of here. Yeah. Like, they're not a, you know, they're the Texans. Um, and the Colts have a guy in Frank Reich who he is in that league where it's like, no matter what. This guy's going to come up with something. Like they're just not going to be an easy team to knock down. And honestly, in the AFC, that just may be enough. Well, and just look at where the the Vikings have to be. I mean, they face Washington this Thursday, but aside from that, they go to Kansas City, which won't even won't be easy even with Matt Moore. To Dallas, we saw Dallas play tonight. Home to Broncos at Seahawks, and then home to Lions, who gave them a game today. You look at the Colts schedule; they faced the Texans on basically the weekend of Thanksgiving or right before then. Prior to that, they go Broncos at home, at Steelers, home to Dolphins, home to Jaguars. Yeah. I mean, this, this, the AFC is a weak sauce conference. And so the Colts, if, you, if they're not careful, could get out to a 8-2 you know, and two record. And you know, at, at that point, they're battling, jockeying with, with Houston and Kansas City for uh, a first-round bye. Speaking of Kansas City, I don't think there's a team that – that won more in some ways than than they did. Again, just because of the fact that last week after losing to Houston at home, there's questions about, oh, are they, the st- are they still one of the top two teams in the AFC? And then they, they win impressively in Denver. They possibly lose their quarterback for the season, right? And then we come back, and over the weekend, we find out Mahomes is probably a one- or two-week absence, or three-week absence. Texans go down to Colts, right? Texans sort of reveal themselves as more of a second-tier AFC team. I think Kansas City... Chargers get roasted. The Raiders Chargers get, get roasted. roasted. I mean, that, the AFC West is just, a, is just a joke. So you're Kansas City, and you're thinking to yourself, okay, if Matt Moore can... If Matt Moore plays two games, they're probably fine losing both of them. But if he plays three, if they can go one and two, then after that, it's sort of like, okay, now we... We get to play the back half of our AFC West schedule. We get to, um, you know, uh, we play the Bears who aren't particularly good, right? We've already played the Lions. Yeah. You know, the two the two games that they're probably going to lose with more are NFC games, so it won't factor in the you know the playoff you know seating and stuff like that. So, uh, I think Kansas City came out of this weekend far better than where they could have been, you know, come Thursday night. I have two. I have two takes for you. The first is I am pissed. Because I've been looking forward to Kansas City Green Bay on Sunday night for a long time. And this is absolute garbage. The second thing is that I think this ultimately helps Kansas City. And it's the same reason that I thought they should have uh, sat Mahomes down in the last game. Which is, if you try and drag him through the season on the skimpy ankle, and it gets to week 15, and then he gets injured, you're screwed. And you're done. And if he gets all the way to the playoffs and he's at 45% and he's still hobbling out there, you don't have a chance anyways. Yeah. You are not beating the Patriots with Mahomes at less than 100%. I'm sorry. No shot. You you had two shots last year. It didn't happen, right? Uh, 
Yeah, I know. Did, did it happen? Did, no, did no. they win? You're, what you're saying is they have a very tight needle to thread right now. You're not winning a Super Bowl with Mahomes at less than 100%. I'm, it's just not happening. So this actually gives them a shot of getting him back to complete health, right? Because he didn't injure the ankle again. Mm-hmm. It was the kneecap. Yeah, yeah. So I think this is a blessing in disguise because when he comes back, he might actually be 100%. And then you may be able to just come out of it. You know, you win the Denver game anyways. And then, as you said, these two NFC games don't mean as much. So this is a unique opportunity, I think, both for Mahomes to cement himself as the MVP and Kansas City to end up being all right and a better shot to win the Super Bowl. They have a really tight needle to thread, though, right? Because... You want to bring Mahomes back in time for where they can compete for the two seed. Yep. But you don't want to bring him back so fast as to, you know, have have an injury. And the tough part is, is, you know, they they get the two home games against the NFC opponents. They have they have uh, Tennessee then um, the following week in Tennessee. That is probably where they're targeting him to come back. But then the following week they go to Mexico to play on a field that wasn't good enough for anybody to play on last year. Right, but who do they play? Against the Chargers, who are bad, and then you get your bye, right? So, like, again, do you sit him all four games and pray you go one and three, which case gets you to six and five, right? Yeah. That's a little rough because you also get the Patriots, right? That's not a sure win. And, you know, Grant, you know, they, they – they're not a perfect team, right? So they can't just like be banking on oh the last four games of the season we're going to go four and zero and we're going to be eleven and five and that's generally going to be good enough to yeah, get a buy. But some of the teams they're playing are really bad, like yeah. the Titans and the Chargers. Like I said, it's a it's Give a, it's Moore, a tight needle to thread every single time. It'd be super interesting to watch. Um, it'd be interesting to see how competitive they are against the Green Bay because I think that'll tell us a little bit about how they, you know, if they're competitive against Green Bay, then. They should be able to beat the Titans and the Chargers yeah. uh, with Matt Moore. All right. Week 8 lines. You ready? Yep. Let's do it. Let's do this thing. Uh, we're going to try and, and bunch these up into games that are interesting to talk about and ones that are not. This was a tough thing to do because these a, games suck. Yeah. Suck. I think this is by far the best game of the week, and that's the Carolina Panthers coming off a bye, going to San Francisco, the Niners undefeated, the Kyle Allen-led Panthers also undefeated. I said that this would be... Uh, let me find it here. San Francisco by four and a half. And I said six and a half. And as it would happen, it is five and a half. So we're yeah. splitting the difference. I, I, it was tough for me. I knew it was going to be somewhere between three and a half and six. Mm-hmm. And it really came down to, well, how do people view the Niners after today's game? And I, I guess shutting a team out like doesn't hurt you. <laughs> Can't hurt you. Yeah. I, I, I thought that they would ultimately we did have you know washington against the spread um but i thought it would be more of like a 27 21 type of thing that would make you know san francisco feel more impressive i guess yeah um so i had six and a half i could see your four and a half i also am not bought in as much as i'm not bought into garoppolo yet i'm not bought in on kyle allen and i'm and i think carolina while good and certainly better than i thought that they would be I don't think Carolina is in the class of San Francisco. And so, honestly, at five and a half, I kind of do like the Niners here Interesting. at ATS. I'm on the other side. Um, I, I have been, I have failed to see the Panthers as being like a, a above average team, I guess, yeah. uh, the entire season. And they continue to 
prove me wrong. And I, I, the Niners, it takes so much to win every single week, right? They keep kind of like emptying the tank in situations that are that are hard. The the Panthers will be rested, and Christian McCaffrey comes back to the Bay Area. I could see him having some crazy. You know, 250 all-purpose yard game. Five and a half seems like kind of a lot to me. Interesting. Okay, we'll see where Green Line comes out on it. I think it moves down. Okay, let's look at Philly-Buffalo. Buffalo. So the uh, the Buffalo Bills has managed... Co- has that come out yet as a Managed line? to not cover. Uh, I can check here. That game, by the way, can we talk about how big of a... I like literally was sweating. I was sitting next to you, literally sweating Ugh. through my shirt when... Uh, when the Dolphins, Fitzpatrick fumbles who, it, I believe the in terms of sides this year, Green Line had not shown an edge higher than what we had on the on the Miami side. Miami driving in to score a go ahead by two scores touchdown. Yep. Fitz throws a pick. Buffalo goes the length of the field. They get up by ten. Fitzpatrick drives all the way down. We're just praying for not like a pick six. Fitzpatrick yep. runs it in for a touchdown. Micah Hyde runs back the. I mean. Fitzpatrick fumbling that ball laying on the five yard line for what seemed like thirty seconds. Not great. Was but ultimately Miami covered. Buffalo was not good enough to cover against Miami. They should have never been seventeen point favorites to begin with. Uh I see a line here. Okay. So it's and it's different than mine. I have Buffalo <laughs> Buffalo as a one and a half point underdog at home. I'm the same as you. Oh no, I have Buffalo as a one and a half point favorite. Yeah, home. that's what they are. Yeah. And I, I wanted to curse very badly there. Yeah, well, I think people like Buffalo. Yes, and and I think it's fraudulent. I don't think they should be getting the full home field advantage. And yet, at the same time, I think you and I both agreed that Philadelphia would play better today. You know, and they didn't, despite us specifically asking them not to. Right. And so, like that's why I was at the minus one and a half. I would say if I'm looking at this game. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I need to see Philadelphia do some non-Falcony stuff for me to to think about a side here. Yep. I'm guessing Green Line's going to be is going to be on the side of Philly, um, but because Josh Allen is bad, we're in such a dead zone though. It might be one of those where you know we don't see it. We don't show an edge because there's so much uncertainty around that zero point. So it'll be interesting to see. Yep, I'm with you. It's a game that I'm not particularly excited to watch, to be honest. It's just, yeah. I don't know. I'm turned off by the, the Eagles right now. Um, speaking of two teams that were turned off by, the Chargers go to Chicago. Uh, I assume Mitch Trubisky will be starting this game. Maybe. Um, what do you have for this one? I said Chicago minus two and a half. Interesting. I have Chicago minus four. And we are both wrong because Chicago is minus five and a half. And this is me. Going in here and wagering on on the Los Angeles Chargers of Anaheim because the Chargers are better than the Bears. Wow, they just yeah yeah they just lost to Ryan Tannehill and the Titans. Yes, but in a way, but they to me the char what what's the spread if the Chargers punch the ball in against Tennessee on the road today? Maybe a point lower. Yeah. In any event, I'm getting the three. The Chargers got blown out by Joe Flacco and Duck Hodges. Yeah, both of those quarterbacks are better than Mitch Trubisky. So, I 
the home road thing is is irrelevant because the Chargers don't have a home field advantage. The Bears defensively have given up Flacco, Hodges, Tannehill. Yes, the Bears have given up over over twenty eight in the last two weeks to Derek Carr and your guy Theo, Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, the Saints They're, are a great team. No, no, the Bears defense is not the type of unit that we were scared of. Like they made they made. Kirk okay. Cousins look poor. Okay, but hold on for a second here. The the Saints have an offensive line and particularly tackles yes, that are good. They are very good today. You know what the Chargers literally don't have? NFL tackles. They don't have them. Yeah. They do not have on their roster NFL starting tackles. I'm just saying. Okay. Now, what do those tackles do? Are they at least able to duck when Trubisky throws the passes that sail into the into this Los Angeles bench. Or you're just avoiding the, the I, question. I'm not though, but like you know, we talked. We, one of the thing, one of the reasons New Orleans line went all the way up to four and a half was because they were without Jared Cook, they were without Alvin Kamara. It makes it so much more impressive, right? But all these, like I agree that offensive line matters, but I also think skill positions matter a ton. And the Chargers so far have not gotten what they should be getting out of guys like uh, Keenan Allen. Mike, Mike Williams had a decent game today, but like they're not getting, they have so much better skill position players than the, than the Saints do right now altogether. Uh, Michael Thomas is the best player, but like the, the distribution. Yep. And I think they will stress Chicago in a way that they were not stressed today, even in getting blown out by New Orleans. And I think that that line is too tall. Okay. But in any event, I, yeah. I don't. That's I don't. An interesting uh, one. I don't disagree. I, I will just say that Philip Rivers was being harassed in a way that you should not be harassed given right. how quickly it's, he gets the not, ball it's out. It's not even legal against the Titans. It's not legal even in Chicago for sure. Um, well, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't legal in Tennessee. Here, here's here's the here's the question. But whether or not you agree that to bet this game or not, does it get to six or does it get to four? More likely. This is so hard. Because I do, I do agree with you that it's that it's too tall, uh, to borrow your phrase, yeah. to be perfectly honest with you. But I can't really tell because Chicago's such a public team. Yes. So like, and the Chargers are not. The Chargers are not anymore. So I don't know if it'll be like, hey, this is a kitchen sink game for the Bears, so let's bet the Bears, or it's like, holy cow, the Bears. Like I'm not, I'm not really mm-hmm. quite sure. Uh, if I had to pick one, I would say it gets to, uh, I would say it gets to to five. Okay, so more towards four than it does to get to six. Yeah, the the thing here, and I think people are gravitating this way, and it's probably mostly noise, but it could also be a product of the way the league is now. Road teams, and specifically like road right, right. underdogs, are having a season. So, uh, as we saw with you know uh, um, Denver in in L.A. The, like two. Weeks. Well, I mean, it just happened in Chicago. Yeah. So so it, it's something to to be wary of. But it's a function of uh, what I've called 2019. All teams suck. Yeah, that's a good point. This is the Sunday night game. Kansas City at Green Bay. This is a really interesting one. Obviously, we guessed these lines before Aaron Rodgers propelled himself into the MVP conversation, but. That being said, uh, I have the Chiefs as a five-point underdog at home. Yeah, I will have to confess that I think I heard this far before, um, like you know Thursday night or something. So I had Chiefs at pl- at plus three, 
and they are currently plus three, but it's basically minus 130 to bet the Packers, plus 110 to bet Kansas City, so it's more like three and a half. Wow. Yeah. I heard that it was three, like on third, like they, I had heard somebody tweet it out or something, so I... I'm really surprised by this. Um, yeah, I am too. I would say the look ahead was somewhere around minus six for Kansas City prior to the injury, so you're making a case here with this line. Like, you, part of this is anchoring, right? You don't want to have to admit that yeah. a quarterback's worth 11 points to the line, even if he, you know, but... Uh, but you sort of are Man. here with the minus nine. He's worth at least, or sorry, minus three is worth nine at least. Yeah, I don't know. So, so okay, but here's the thing. Can you make a case for betting Kansas City in this spot? Plus three. Plus three? Yeah. Um, look, I, I, think, I think Matt Moore's fine, like the dude. Joe Flacco sucks. It's one thing to beat Joe Flacco. Yeah. Uh, this is a primetime game on Sunday Night Football. I have a very hard time, a very hard time, uh, seeing Aaron Rodgers not outplaying Matt Moore significantly. That defense, mm-hmm. not very good. Yeah, I can't remember where I looked it up. Matt Moore had about 1.4 war in 2011, the last time he got a real chance to start in the league. And since then, it's been about a, like a half a win or something. Yeah. He's been a very serviceable backup in the league. Um Ironically, the first ever game I went to as a Chiefs fan in Arrowhead was started by Matt Moore, and the Dolphins won 31-3. He was dazzling in that effort. Yeah. Um, but right. but at the same time... Like, so you're taking Kansas City plus three is what you're saying. I'm just saying, so the last time Moore started in this league was 2017 for the Dolphins, and he, you know, we're talking about like the 17 for 28 area of the field, right? Where he's averaging, you know, so he, when he first got out there the other night, he looked awful. Mm -hmm. He looked like he had never played a game in his life. Right. I think with a week, he, the last time he started with Adam Gaze as his head coach, he looked like at least a quarterback that could get you to the window. So are you, are you on Kansas city plus three? This is what I am trying to get out of you. I am Matt not, Moore I'm apologist. Not, I you know wear your Matt Moore Chiefs jersey. No, I can, I don't think I can bet either side okay. of this. Okay, I think it's going. I think up, it's going up. closer to to my yeah. number. Yeah. Um, God, these games suck. Cleveland at New England. Uh, obviously, we don't know what New England is going to do tomorrow, but they are uh, now nine point favorites. I have the Patriots favored by a flat fourteen. And I said ten and a half. So they are so they are nine currently. Is that the is that what it says on the No, they're nine to, to tonight. Tonight against, the, against Jets. the Jets. So I said ten and a half. Do we have a number here? Do they I I don't see any. Okay. So let me let me see if there's a look at uh, I think it's ten. Okay, so we're both a little bit long here. The I'm very long, apparently. Although it's in New England? Yeah. I mean, what? I think you can make a case for Cleveland here. The Oh, I, I think you can. And then I think you realize that their head coach is right. Freddie Kitchens. The the thing is is I think the math will come out. Well, no, we're pretty high in New England usually, but like I think Greenline for example, there is a, a decent chance that if New England's only favored by 10, we like New England side. But if this thing got anywhere close to two touchdowns, we'd probably like Cleveland. 
and it's because coaching numerically is not a strong variable. On the outlier, though, the fact that the best head coach in the NFL history facing his old team, the team that fired him and moved to Baltimore, is employing a guy who has wears the, a dog with has, a W. Has pound. almost gotten fired Sorry. himself. Right? Reports are the the that disparity might be such that we just simply don't like. We might not even like New England might be able to pick the score in this game. Here's all I'm going to say is the Cleveland offense looked confused and out of sync against a lot of defenses that are not Bill Belichick's defense. So I yeah. get that they have a bye week to quote figure it out. Yeah. We'll see. Um that could get that game could get ugly. Very. Arizona at New Orleans. Um the Kyler Murray show, he was not very good in this game, but they were good enough to beat Daniel Jones. Who was also well, and that number not good at that all. Number moved out towards Giants. So it was an example of if you look at PFF Green Line on a game day, sometimes market movements can open up a spot that's profitable. Uh, Arizona is a three point dog. Arizona money line, and then the nice part about Kyler not playing well today was the fact that the under eventually hit uh, true to the rain despite a yeah. twenty one point first quarter, I believe. Um, so I have the Saints favored by ten. I said nine and a half. I don't know is a lineup, even though there's not. It's not a hundred percent clear who the quarterback is. Uh, that's a good question. Actually, I was assuming. I was assuming Bridgewater, but yes, uh, I don't see one. Yeah, so I think I think that that line is not up because there is still a question as to whether the five and zero Teddy Bridgewater is starting <laughs> yeah. for the Arizona Cardinals. And if it's or sorry for the Saints. So uh, you said it. What did you think it would be? Nine, Nine and, and a half. half. So if Breeze does play, what would you think it would be? Uh, seven and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Set you up nicely for that. I'm just joking. I would say 13 and a half. Yeah, I think that's that's what I would have done. Bridgewater uh, has overperformed the market consensus that he's five points worse than Breeze. I think he's probably well, more th- three or four. But here's the thing. I think there's two things at play. The first is we've learned that the Saints are just a very good team. And you have sort of like a diminishing, right? Like as yes. you're beating this team by more, yeah. the quarterback's going to matter less. But then also you have Breeze coming back from the injury. Yep, so I not- would guess that's like a little bit, you know, a little bit of rust. He's such a timing guy. Anyways, um, yeah, I, the card, the Cardinals thing. Look, they played the Falcons and the Giants back-to-back weeks. Yeah. It's like cool out for a second. On the Saints side of things, my God, this has been impressive. I, Sean Payton has got to be coach of the year I, uh, for what he's done. Now, I know that Kyle Shanahan's probably going to win this unless you know they kind of like fall off. But wow, I mean, they've just come. They've just steamrolled teams mm-hmm. um, without you know what top three quarterback in the NFL. All yeah. right. Uh, the only the thing that was tricky was Eli Apple, and looks like it, he may have avoided serious injury. But a guy who's played tremendous for them, uh, hyperextended his knee in the end zone during one of those Bears like BS mm-hmm. drives at the end. Um, but they're they're an example of a defense that is great from back to front, a- and if they can continue True. that, the the only tricky thing about Arizona is they do ne- they never take the foot off the gas. So if you are going to let's say this game is minus ten. And New Orleans gets out ahead. There could be a backdoor situation sure. in, in favor of the Cardinals. She but see, yeah. Anyway, 
Okay, let's move on to the non-interesting games. Yeah, these I guess are Which somewhat not rattle through them a little less bit. Less non-interesting. These are team. These are games that one side is good and one side is awful, or both sides are awful. Yeah. Seattle at Atlanta. Prayers and thoughts. I have Seattle. I I guess that Seattle will be minus two. Uh, I have this as a pick. And this game I don't think is going to have a line because Matt, Matt Ryan, Ryan got injured yeah. today. Unfortunately, one of the good quarterbacks in the league. And, and even though the Falcons have sucked, it's nice to watch him play. I expected um, I expected Landon to put up a little more of a fight. You hate to see it. And, and interestingly, Seattle did not. Seattle, Seattle. Yeah. So I think both these teams are fraudulent defensively. Uh, and so uh, it'd be interesting to see what the over is. Even if Matt Schaub plays, I really want to take the over because I think both I think both defenses are going to be kind of yeah. just dragged up and down the field in this one. By the way, the the Russell Wilson MVP talks will take a one week break and they will be back after this game. <laughs> right. Denver goes to uh, Indy. Um, I feel bad for Vic Fangio because. Like he doesn't deserve Joe Flacco. This guy's worked way too hard for his head coaching uh, inaugural venture to be with Joe Flacco. I have the Indianapolis Colts favored by five and a half. And you are closer than me because I have the I I did not expect the Colts to win today, uh, or at least be as impressive as they were today. And I so I had them at four point favorites. They are in fact six and a half point favorites yeah. at home. This to me. That's an overreaction. Yeah, this to me is a Denver bet because this is very similar to when Oakland came to Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. The cool thing about this game is it's played at 425, so Denver is sort of still like mounting it. Like they're still they're not yeah, playing yeah. early for them. And then the Colts are a team that I think can be really impressive some weeks and then lose to Oakland at home the, the next week. So like which one are we going to get? Who knows? But – Ultimately, you're getting six and a half points here. So where I would. You, where are you seeing this as a four twenty five game? Uh, BetOnline.ag. I is see it? it at one p.m. on the NFL schedule. Really good job, NFL. Okay, but it's four twenty five on BetOnline. So in any event, right? Denver is also not a pure West Coast team. They're a Mountain Time team. So it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, okay, great. What do you think? Do you think this is a, a good bet to? Yeah, I like Denver here. Um, yeah, I do too. Uh, next game, Tampa Bay at Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee this, is just a team I cannot possibly want to watch. Well, you saw my tweet today. Yes, it was very good. Impressive. My, uh, my, my neighborhood has a collection of Jehovah's Witnesses that come to the, the house, and I generally will say hi to them, shake their hand, and mm-hmm. tell them I'm busy. You're a nice person. But uh, if they told me that there was a hell, and hell was having to watch the Chargers-Titans game on a loop, I might listen a little bit more intently to the Jehovah's Witness. I don't know, though. Interesting. That's a, that's a good joke. Yeah, thank you. I think you're implicitly playing off of my uh, joke that, that hell is just watching the Falcons over and over again. No, so, betting on the Falcons over Because actually having, no, no, having no, no. the Rams today Betting is no, one thing. Betting and watching is another, yeah. is a totally different thing. Having the Rams today was actually quite enjoyable. Right. Because you, you knew there was no way the Falcons were Right, you were betting against the Falcons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Uh, so Cincy. Where did, where did oh, you? Oh, sorry. So I was trying the, to forget this one. In, uh, the, in the reunion of Mariota. I have Tennessee and, uh, as a two and a half point underdog. 
I had Tennessee as a two and a half point favorite. It looks like Tennessee is a two and a half point favorite. Yeah, I expected Ryan Tannehill and the Titans to suck today, and it just turns out the Chargers suck more. This game sucks. That I game got the over though, at least. There's so many bad teams in the NFL. I'm gonna start watching college football. Any good teams there? Stop. No, there aren't. Virginia Tech, Sorry. UNC was. A great the NBA game. starts soon. Thank God. Start grading NBA players. Uh, London gets a real winner. Cincy and the Rams. Zach Taylor is that right? Bay. That's that game's in London. Yep. Okay. Well, I had so I didn't. I actually didn't have. I didn't know that. So I had Rams as fourteen point fa- fourteen and a half point favorites. <laughs> And I have the Rams as ten and a half point favorites, and we split the difference. It's twelve and a half. So, so that that's basically the the London home field advantage going away, right? Twelve and a half to fourteen and a half. Yeah, I guess. Um, God. Well, at least uh, who's okay right now? If you switch the quarterbacks, Cincinnati and and LA, um, what would be the outcome? If you gave Dalton to the to the Rams. Would they still be four and three? A kind of a disappointing four and three. Yeah, I think Dalton's worse than Goff. He was bad today. He, Dalton's they almost had Goff. the cover today. Here's so here's the thing. Um, here's here's the difference between Dalton and Goff. If you show up to the huddle and Andy Dalton's there, you're just like I'm done. Jared Goff at least is like he's a you know charismatic enough guy. He's a younger dude. Um, he gives you some hope. There, there it is. Okay, Dalton, no hope. And I do think that that's a huge difference between some of these quarterbacks. Is some of them are young enough where it is a hope aspect to it. Yeah. And, and otherwise, so if Goff is playing for the Bengals, do, have they won a game yet? No. Okay. They are. They're horrible. <laughs> they're bad, and they almost still they still almost covered, and maybe even won outright that game. It got away from them I at know. the end. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so maybe the Jaguars are a little bit overvalued. Okay. G-Men, New York football Joneses, uh, are playing the Patricias. The Detroit Lions, who, man, they had a chance, right? Like, they, they obviously got yeah. very unlucky against Green Bay. Um, their offense still, I think, looks very solid. And in this game today against the Vikings, Darius Slay gets injured. They, the Vikings are weird because... If those receivers have any sort of advantage, it's over because they're so much better. Yeah, um, and they just couldn't find a way to cover these guys. And the Vikings also started running a lot of like they ran a decent amount of play action. Yep, uh, and it worked obviously. And Kirk is just absolutely dominating on play action. Detroit really is had just a, sitting back there. Detroit's had a hard time getting pass rush of recent of week of recently. You know, yeah. like, and I think it's not good. Yeah, not having guys like Mike Daniels healthy, not having having guys like Deshaun Hand, you know, healthy, and then also really trying to manufacture pressure from the edge, like the Patriots do, but just doing it worse is going to get you in that spot. I had Detroit as a six and a half point favorite though at home against the Giants to sort of get back to five hundred. What did you have? That is exactly what I had, and it is Detroit minus seven. Okay. So maybe a no play here since we sort of liked. Detroit at that you know kind of that same number there yeah Giants aren't great the Giant I mean can we are we gonna have we could talk about this on Thursday but Daniel Jones is not I mean Daniel Jones had a nice second half against Tampa Bay aside from that he's been very bad you're telling me that 
getting excited about someone for one half a play against Tampa Bay. Exactly, but but the people like I had I had friends saying like, look, this proves that the Darnold like trade not trade not drafting right, Darnold is worth it. Yeah, and Darnold goes out and balls oh, out against man. Dallas. And uh, and yeah, Jones that's why you just can't overreact to any of this. No, nothing matters. Yeah. The Jets and the Jaguars, Darnold and Minshew. Um, this is a perfect. The only like, reason, the only way passing on Darnold would have worked is if you got Minshew eventually. Right. Uh, this is you versus the guy she told you not <laughs> to worry about. Quite literally, right? It's like the doofus that somehow gets mono. Chuck Norris versus Dwight Schrute. <laughs> I really like Donald, though. Uh, I have the uh, Jaguars favored by three and a half at home. I do, too. Um, where do we not have a line here? Really? I don't oh, because they haven't played yet? Uh, let's see what I can find. Uh, Jaguars four and a half. And I will Interesting. Be, be going in a little bit on the Jets there because the Jaguars are an okay team. And so are the Jets. Yep. And unless I'm the Jets you. come out of this game extremely banged up, like there's no reason the Jags should be, especially their home field is not very good. Their home field's not very good, and it's just going to be hard. Like I think Minshew, Minshew is a popular enough person in in the sports culture uh, that we currently sit that people want to bet on him, and beating the Bengals means nothing. So, those are my thoughts. I mean, Minshew's great for the sport, but he this is a better quarterback getting points situation. situation. That is exactly what it is. Um, Oakland goes to Houston to play former MVP and potentially uh, next week MVP candidate Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins and Bill O'Brien. And I said that the Houston Texans would be five and a half point favorites. And I was a little bit overzealous here. I said Houston minus nine. Wow. Uh, Houston is minus seven, so that's kind of splitting the difference between the yes, two of us. Well, Oakland got yes routed. Yes, but that game turned on them. I know. Fast. That's what I was literally about to say. I think it's a little fraudulent. Seven, you say? I already. I had a tweet that said there was there, and we had this back in 07, in 2017 where Derek Carr got us a push instead of a of a win. I mean. We fumbled out of the back of the end zone against Dallas. Stop. stop. There is not an end zone that Derek Carr doesn't want to fumble through. True. Uh, I don't have much to say about this game other than Houston. I still love Deshaun Watson. Yeah. And uh, I really hope he makes the playoffs. But do you? So, and this will be probably the the question we, we wrap up the podcast with. But this is another game where I just don't feel confident betting it like i look we, we see detroit plus six two weeks ago and we're like yeah yeah that's a bettable game this game's minus seven it's like well, yeah i guess i can see both sides of that yeah Although it's shaded towards oakland at but of it, course it is that there's yeah it's going to end up at you know minus six, six and, and a half, half. So they're going to want us they're going to entice us to bet uh this slate Houston. is is really rough here um all right and then we have the two uh the two primetime games that are so bad they are so bad eric that I just don't know what I'm going to do on Thursday and Monday, but I can't imagine it'll be watch either of these games. What I have done in the past when the games are really bad on Thursday and Monday is just watch other games from either, you know, from the prior week. So Washington at Minnesota is Thursday night. I have Minnesota favored by 14. And I I said 13 and a half and we are both too short. 
This is minus 15.5. Minnesota is a cover machine at U.S. Bank Stadium. And I think that well, the, and, and I think against that, teams that suck and, and Washington ex- sucks exactly. And I think there's the there's all these things. There's the Kirk Cousins revenge game. There's the Vikings against teams that suck. It's the Vikings at home. All those wrapped together. And then the other thing, and and I don't think we can underscore this. And it worked last Thursday as well. Thursday night football benefits the more prepared team. Washington with Bill freaking Callahan, you know Bill Callahan on his like Bill third game. Callahan. Um, I like Bill Callahan. Yeah, no, he's good. It's just that he he's up against it here, right? Because yeah, he's, Mike, Mike Zimmer is this is his what fifth year in, in Minnesota. The interesting angle here is much like two weeks ago, this game is lined at minus fifteen and a half with the totals forty one. It's another low yeah, total yeah. with a big spread. Um, all right, that's enough about that game. Yeah, Miami I, at Pittsburgh is Monday night. I cannot wait. What did you put it at? For Booger to talk about this, what? What is, I'm really interested to see what you had it at for this game. Yeah, that I just you gonna let me finish what I was saying. Okay. <laughs> like what? <laughs> it's late. I can't get it. Like four of my senses are not working. But yeah, let's go. <laughs> I was about to say it. <laughs> I have Pittsburgh my favorite by fourteen. You are so much better at at this particular game than me because I a I thought okay if Devlin Hodges plays. It's far closer than people think. Sure. And I said, if, if Mason Rudolph plays, it's far closer than you think. And so I said, I had Pittsburgh as minus seven, <laughs> <laughs> which, tell, which tells you everything you need to know about, about how you're going to feel about this actual well, line. Because what is it right now? It's 14 and a half. Okay. I'm sorry, but like, like let's, let's piece this whole thing together, okay? <laughs> Stefan Tuitt's out. Right? Stefan Tuitt's gone for the season. Does I he believe. play quarterback? Let me get this. There. Is it is late, dude? Whoever is playing quarterback for the Steelers is not worse than Josh Allen, and Josh Allen stinks. Yep. So, and and the line the line was clearly too big in Buffalo. Sure. Yeah. Right. I and if Fitzpatrick starts, he gives them a shot. He is a competent quarterback. The only reason Miami. Did not win the game outright. Is they had two turnovers in that game. They had the fumbled or they had uh-huh. the interception near the end zone, and then they had Preston Williams fumble yeah. when they're trying to come back from being down three. My if Miami tries, they are not going to get blown out by a team quarterbacked by the the linear combination of Devlin Hodges and Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph, ta- they were okay. Counterpoint: You just said if Miami tries. <laughs> They've tried every game. They just they tried this game because I think they saw Josh Allen. They're like, all right, Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to give it. But they, they started fall. They started falling apart at the end of that game. That, I'm not saying I don't like the Miami side. I'm just saying I think there's a valid reason why it's fourteen. If they 14 start now. the Duck Dynasty guy again, there's they're no. not. Mason Rudolph's coming back. And Mason Rudolph was worse than the Duck guy when he was in there. <laughs> like, all right. Uh, if you had to bet on one of these games right now, Miami plus fourteen and a half is the one that you're going with. I mean, these all stink, but these are rough. Well, bro. so like if you go through the games, Minnesota, Washington, that's kind of like a. I'm not rushing to bet anything. Nope. New York Giants, Detroit, not rushing to bet anything. Right. Tennessee, Tampa Bay, maybe Tampa Bay plus two and a half off the buy. Oh, we're going through all of them. I'm just saying, like, yeah, yeah. If you look at these games. Chargers, Bears, yuck. Although I said Chargers. That, that one sticks out to me. 
Bengals, Rams. You're not trusting the Bengals to cover that, and you're not trusting Jared Goff to get you over two touchdowns. Nope. Oakland, Houston, we just talked about that one's, you know. Yep. Carolina, San Francisco, you like Carolina. I'm more on the San Francisco side. Denver, Indy, we both said Denver was a decent shot, had a decent shot of playing well here. And then I I made a made a case for Kansas City and then said, no, I actually want to lay off of it. Yeah. You might like Green Bay at minus three. If it's if it's minus three, I think I kind of like Green Bay. Uh, the the tough thing with Denver, I think that was one of the ones that I would have liked most. But you're hearing all these trade rumors. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I can't imagine they actually trade like Emmanuel Sanders. But that would be the reason I'd be worried. Yeah. I do like the Denver one. Um, I think Carolina. Yeah, has a little bit of value there. Um, Here's one I like: Carolina San Fran over forty one and a half. I think people are responding to some of San Francisco's previous games. And the game against the Cleveland on Monday Night Football was an over game that just slowed down because one of the teams stopped showing up. Today's game is a wash, right, literally. And then last week's game against the Rams, again, the Niners probably would have put up more points had they needed to. The Rams were just so crappy offensively. That, to me, that's like again. The Panthers are explosive offensively. The Niners have the no, potential to be explosive offens- offensively. Those are that's probably one. I think uh, the way the Green Line's always leaned all season, I think that would that's probably going to be a candidate this week uh, for a total for the LOW. Oh my God! I know a lock of the week total. <laughs> Can't we need to avoid that? That would be. That would be a candidate for a confession. All right, we're going to do this confession session. We're going to do it quickly. Um, I have a uh, confession from my trip that has okay. to do with uh, with eating some ice cream. So y- you know that I love ice cream, mm-hmm. but very good ice cream. Yep. And um, there's a place called Salt and Straw. It's on the West Coast. I think it's originally from Portland, Oregon. A couple in L.A., three in L.A., they just good. opened one up in uh, in the Bay Area where I was, so I had to go. And um, you wait in line for a while. By the way, people walking by lines and making fun of people for waiting in lines is is like heroin to me. Mm. Some guy said, "Oh, this line is pathetic," and I looked at him and I go, "You're pathetic." <laughs> uh, anyways, so waited in line. Totally worth it. Um, spend some quality time with, uh, my sister. We get to the lot, you know, end of the line. And what I love is people waiting for 40 minutes in line and then getting like two kid scoops, but like complaining about how big they are. Stop. Not me. Can't. Won't. So I do three full scoops in a waffle cone. They're like piling it on there. It, you know, they're like trying to make sure it's not going to fall off. Lady at the cash register is like, are you serious? And I was like, Yes, I'm serious. What are you, are you trying to shame me out of yeah, eating this ice cream? what's wrong with you? My confession is that I had multiple people give me like a fist pa- pound or a high five because I was eating so much ice cream. And I think that's kind of uh, – that's not something you should be super proud of. It's, here's the worst thing is that was the second dessert I'd had that day because we had like a birthday dinner and I'd already eaten dessert. So The best, the best part about your habits is that – uh, you, I don't think I've ever seen you consume something that is bad. Like we'll go out for drinks. Even if we go to like a bad bar, 
you're never going to have like a Miller Lite. Well, right, because it's trash. Right. Well, ex- exactly. But like, exactly. That's my point. Is like, okay, I've never seen you have like McDonald's because it's it's garbage. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, whereas you do indulge oh, on good things. That's how it should be done. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You don't. You don't. You don't eat. You don't not eat fat. You just have like avocados from Mexico shipped to your apartment. So like. <laughs> that's you see any avocados out here <laughs> yeah. cincinnati avocados yeah so but you can attest this place has great ice cream yes it's amazing it's fantastic yeah now i'm gonna let you know they can ship it to us we could go in on some ice cream Look, let's win a lock of the week one of these times the only, we'll get, we'll so get the, the only uh, reason i don't do that is because i know i would eat them all and yeah. i can't do that anyway so that that's my confession yeah my confession <laughs> was i almost lost my cool uh, so, so we we play basketball, and uh, I broke my glasses one of the times. Uh, not not like severely. I can still wear them, but they're You're like annoying them now. Yeah, they're annoying in that like if they ever fall, like one of the lenses pops out. And so of course I'm like waking up this morning, and my daughter runs in, and my glasses are obviously on a ledge because I don't sleep with them on, and she throws like one of her new LOL dolls at it. I'm sorry, it, did you say LOL doll? Yes. They are very expensive children's toys. They're called LOL dolls? Yeah, yeah. I know. And, of course, my daughter, as you know, had her two front teeth knocked out when she was, like, three. Right. So she go, She has a hard time with the L because oh, she has wow. the tongue on the teeth that don't exist. So She's it, also one of the most adorable human she's beings. She's very adorable. She's, and the two teeth make it even better. So she, she comes in, throws the doll at me, misses me, hits my glasses. My glasses fall underneath the bed. And obviously the lens of the broken part slide like to the middle (laughs) of underneath my bed. And I look at my daughter. I'm like, did you just like knock my glasses off? She goes, no, the LOL doll did it. And with every fiber of my being, every, every, I said, please go away. (laughs) And I didn't, I didn't yell at her. And I think that that like supernaturally helped us today in our picks. Interesting. I, I thought you were going to actually get mad. You kind of worried me there. No. That you were going to actually get mad at your daughters, which would very much surprise me because you are incredibly uh, – you exhibit self-control with me very well. So I imagine that with your actual daughters, you if do I very get, well. If I raise my voice with somebody, you have seriously bleeped up. Yeah, you've really, of, you've, yeah. you've really screwed up. So, And I, I don't think – I haven't – LOL doll. I do. Do they still have like Cabbage Patch dolls? Yeah, nah. What does an they, LOL doll look like? I, I honestly didn't have my glasses on, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just know that they cost a lot of money. Jesus. But well, the, how much is a lot of money? I'm just like legitimately curious how much these dolls well, cost. Well, like for a kid's toy, like like, – Because you could say $2 and be like, yeah, that's a lot of money. Dude, well, so like a Build-A-Bear, by the time they get you, is 50 bucks. I'm done. I'm never having children. <laughs> but like an LOL doll is like 25 and I can assure you the $50 you get at Build-A-Bear is a way better value. The Build-A-Bear people's commitment to getting to, to separating me from my money is so impressive. This is going to be a rough. It's not good. Yeah, you Oh man. You you hold on for dear life. Hopefully we're uh we've graduated the podcast by then. Uh, cuz I'll have way too many confessions. You got to sell some hands. more manscaping uh, underwear. Jesus. Uh all right, that was our show. Um we'll be back on Thursday uh for week 8. Yep. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you guys later. Peace out.